Okay, we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest. He comes to us from Medellin in Colombia. His name is Sean Hanlon. Last name is spelled H-A-N-L-O-N. Published a book, I think, that uh, is very appropriate for my my podcast or broadcast. Its title is The Hidden Hand of History, The Enemy Within, Exposing the Worldwide Ancient Mystery Schools Establishment and Their March to World Government, something that we can see happening in the real world today. His website is thethirdtruth.com. I will put a link in the show notes. And I have... I'm familiar with some of the subjects in the book. I have not read his book. I have not had an actual copy, either digital or in hand, but I've read through the chapter headings and uh, have a lot of questions. So, Sean Hanlon, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Excellent. So, for people who may not have heard your name or not familiar with your website or book, maybe you can talk a little bit about your background and what led you up to writing this book, The Hidden Hand of History. Okay, well, that's uh, my, my background in this area of research. Um, I suppose it goes back to my late teens. I, I think I was quite awake and aware, even from that age, I suppose, to having conversations with my father, who was also quite awake. Um, no, he didn't. Unfortunately, he didn't get to the level I was before he passed away. But he was uh, he certainly uh, set the path for me with uh, critical thinking and questioning reality and what we saw in the media and everything and politics around us and I suppose it was the first thing for me would have been the Israel-Palestine conflict that got me I suppose that got me interested because we had two versions of reality in our face all the time I suppose in the media in Ireland whereas the rest of the world especially in the United States and Britain it was kind of one-sided reality and that was that for me was a big thing to see distortion of, of reality within the media but that that was not really what got me down, really going down the rabbit hole. I suppose for many, many people, um, it was 9-11, 2001, that really, really piqued me to think, okay, something's badly, badly wrong here. Because I figured it out in um, January 2002, I knew that the whole thing was an inside job. Uh, when I say I figured it out, I, obviously I watched a couple of documentaries. I think the first one was called In Plain Sight. And that's just totally convinced me and that's what got me going down the rabbit hole, just trying to figure out what is going on. What's the real agenda here? And uh, just, I suppose, waking up to the reality that governments can be that evil to slaughter their own people to further their own political agendas. And that's, uh, I suppose, then from, from that, I started reading some books, but never truly really went deep, deep into the research. It was 2008, then the financial crisis that's when I decided, okay, I'm getting to the bottom of this. I want to know what this is all about. Because I knew it was all, again, like every other financial crisis, it was a transfer of wealth from the ordinary people, the middle class, to the ruling elite. And that's when I decided I'm really going to get to the bottom of this. So I started really digging into uh, buying lots and lots of books, uh, conspiracy-related books. And I suppose I, st- I, st- I uh, pretty much went off the mainstream media completely around 2010, and I started reading intelligence journals, I suppose, from the late... Uh, I don't know if you're aware of a, guy, a British guy called uh, Christopher Story or Edward Harrell, as he used to be called. Uh, sounds he, familiar, though. Sounds familiar. He used to have a website called World Reports Limited. Um, really fantastic uh, researcher and economist. And he wrote a couple of books. Um, one book in particular I bought uh, 
suppose for me from that time at the progression, I was a militant atheist, probably from my mid, yeah, from my mid-teens, probably until about 2010. And I was researching all, what was going on in the world. And uh, it was only in 2010 after buying one of his books, it was called The New Underworld Order, uh, The Triumph of Criminalism, as he as he called it. And it was that that was the first book I read, which really, really opened my eyes to the the spiritual role and how the spiritual role of, of what is happening in, in the world and uh, I suppose the secret societies behind it and how the, how this is, is the conduit which links all of them. And uh, it was through that research then that it just it totally changed my, my world, really. It set me on a path which uh, has cost me a lot, I suppose, financially, uh, because when you there's, there's no money in truth, as I'm sure you're well aware. But... Uh, yeah, so that his his research really got me digging. Then once I, once I I find there was quite a few errors in his book, but it was a brilliant primer all the same. But it's super long, right? Isn't it like eight hundred pages? Like it's super dense. That's right, and it's selling for crazy money on the internet on uh, on the internet these yeah. days. It's only fifteen hundred bucks, guys. If anybody wants a copy. <laughs> yeah, I paid sixty pounds for my copy, so they're they're quite uh, they they were good investments. I uh, got his other one, then the European Union Collective, and that was another fantastic book, which woke me up to the long term strategy of the European Union and how it was planned to be the new European Soviet, and th that's what it is. That's what's happening right now today, and the open borders, mass immigration. This is totally designed to collapse society. So right, and so you're from Ireland. I should have noted that before we started. So I yes, I'm Irish. Yeah, but the you're point. originally from Ireland in Bogota, but Ireland. I'm watching it on my social media. It's an upheaval. Like the same thing's happening in the U.S., but like Ireland's a fairly small place, four million. Like you have people from all over the world there that are like in Veradicar or whatever is just like. Thumbing his nose at the people, like he doesn't even care. I, I no, they're all World Economic Forum, Bilderberg puppets, the whole lot of them. And it has it's been that way for the last 15, maybe well, for, from what I've seen from the last 15 years, but it's probably been that way since since inception, more or less. Um, well, not so much for Bilderberg, but yeah, you get my picture. We've been a crown colony for a long time, and I go I go into that in, in quite a bit of detail in the book as well about uh, pretty much all of the former crown colonies by the united states canada ireland australia um i, I go i show the the depth and control that the crown still has and one one key part of the evidence is looking at your legal system and in any of these countries you will see that all your lawyers are called to the bar i don't know if you've ever heard about this or you know what the bar stands for this well you suppose it's supposed to be the bar that separates kind of the layman from the interior part of uh, any legal building or something like that, like judges' quarters. So you pass through this little gate. So that's symbolic. Uh, well, there's that, but it's the that's actually it's actually an acronym for um, the bar stands for British Accredited Registry, and this is where this is what this is all your lawyers in the United States, Ireland, Canada, Australia. They're all registered in the city of London. This is the they have what's called the Temple Bar or the head of the this is basically a world empire, the city of London. And this is one part of the the research I show in the book. Uh, basically, I, I try to show the centers of power in the book. Um, 
Well, you, you can talk about Washington, D.C., Brussels, Moscow as being centers of power, but I, I focus on the, the secret society centers of power, which would be based in Rome, in Switzerland, and in the city of London. Those are, those are the three, three most important ones for me. And that, that's where I, I show the links from the Knights Templars, the Knights of Malta, the Jesuit Order, how they all interlap and interlink with uh, these different power centers back, going back hundreds of years back through history. And, and a, uh, lot of, the, a lot of people overlook the Swiss thing. I mean, they shouldn't because the WEF is centered right there. But It's it's uh, one thing that, that, that gripes me for sure is the, the amount of well-researched individuals, uh, movements, I suppose you could say, and they totally overlook Switzerland. It's the headquarters for the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, the Bilderberg Group. Um, you have the Bank for International Settlements there, the World Trade Organization, and I could go on and on naming, but I, I have it on my website, site, thethirdtruth.com, where you can get an overview of that. But it's quite phenomenal, the, the level of control that comes out of Switzerland. And uh, I also show the, uh, the historical founding of Switzerland. Uh, that was uh, after the Crusades in, uh, in, the, in the Middle East, so it was, uh, it was after the Crusades, very shortly after the Crusades, um, 1291, I believe, that was the Switzerland was founded. And basically that became the headquarters for the Knights Templar. This is what Switzerland is. And you can even see it on the cross. They have, they have the, uh, the, red, the red background on the white cross, the same colors as the Templars. And this was, over throughout history then, this was always used as a base of operations for controlled warfare between different empires and um, and countries. They were, the secret societies were, anytime they were looting and stealing and getting the wealth out of, out of nations, it was always sent back to Switzerland. This was always the base. And it was never attacked in, it hasn't, it's, Switzerland hasn't been attacked in about 500 years. And this is like, you're going through the, pol uh, the period of Napoleon, Hitler, you know, there was all these, the, uh, the Austro-Hungarian Empire. No, nobody touched Switzerland. It was always a neutral base. Even the British Empire, nobody ever touched it. The communists never wanted it either. It's interesting because they always used it too. Even people from Russia. That's right. Stuff through Switzerland. Well, the, 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 uh, all of the Bolshevik revolutionaries, they traveled through Switzerland on their way to Russia to launch the Bolshevik Revolution. And again, all, from a lot of researchers, all you hear is about, oh, Jews, 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 there were Jews. Yes, there was some who were Jews, but that was just a front. That was just a front. The, the real base of operations was Switzerland. And again, from, for the Knights Templars, if you look at, um, it was Lenin, Vladimir Lenin, or Ilyich Ulyanov, as his real name is. Um, he was Knights Templar as well. So I, I detail all of this in the book, and I show how he was... Uh, all, all of the revolutionary movements from uh, whether it been Karl Marx and I suppose the start of the international, uh, the communist movement in the mid 1800s, they were all uh, based, they all took a base out of Switzerland. And this is where it was the, uh, the Swiss Masonic Lodges were, was the headquarters for the organization of, of all of these uh, revolutions that basically birthed uh, the, uh, I suppose the political parties of the main powers in Europe, in France, in Germany, even in Ireland as well, and Poland. So this is this was always the, the a key headquarter, and it's no it's no surprise that uh, they're the wealthiest country in the world because it's they have they have all their own industry, they have their 
people think that they're just a center for money, but they actually have their own pharmaceutical industries, armaments industries. They're they're really really they're top notch in, in what they're doing. And uh, yeah, a lot of huge international pharmaceutical industries are from Switzerland. I think including mining con conglomerates as well. They're 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 Swiss. You know, they they have their fingers in a lot of pies, for sure. It's really is remarkable. So that's definitely a power center. A lot of people overlook. Yes, I be, I believe it is uh, along with the Vatican I, and Switzerland. I believe those two are the headquarters for world power. Uh, the the Vatican one is a lot is a bit more. Uh, it's you have to study. I suppose the key to start to understanding the Vatican power structure would be researching the Knights of Malta. Uh, you can see that on the, you can see this, the Maltese cross on the cover of my book there. I've went into quite a bit of depth on that and just th showing going through different revolutionary movements, but primarily the wars and bankers and showing the real tip top elite people and how they've all been working for the Knights of Malta and every single member of the Knights of Malta. Uh, you have to be able to prove your you have to be able to prove your ancestry for, I think it's five to six generations of nobility before you're allowed to join. Wow. So that's this, this is a, so this shows you the, the level of, of, of power these people have. And if you look through all the CIA guys here, a lot of the founders of intelligence in the US. Yes. All Donovan, Knights of Malta, that's Bill right. Donovan, just mm -hmm. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my key point like these are these guys are Catholic and Knights of Malta. And my argument to the guys who say it's always, oh, it's the Jews who are running everything. I obviously look at all these intelligence services. Why would all the heads of the intelligence services who are Catholic be fighting for a Judaic supremacy where they're going to become second class citizens? That doesn't make any sense. So you, you, need, you need to expand your thinking on that because it is. Yes, there is an element of Judaism. Uh, I don't even like to use the word Jews or Christians or in 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 this context because the people who are, are who are working to bring about the new world order they are not Jews they are not Christians they hide behind these these facades uh, to basically deflect from who they really are and basically they're members of the ancient mystery schools who basically their their key doctrine or the, the is the Kabbalah. And that's the same for Freemasonry. They all follow this ancient mysticism that goes back to ancient Babylon. And uh, yeah, I, that's pretty much, I, I start the book um, tracing this ancient uh, knowledge, this belief system. And it's it's as old as uh, what, as history is written in stone from as far back as we can see. That That is how old this agenda is. And it has always been with us and has permeated throughout the ages into all countries and all societies, but it has just used different veils to hide behind. And so th this has been a, a key part of the unraveling and not, not to get fall into the trap of blaming the Jews for the problems here, the Catholics for the problem here, the uh, the Muslims in, in their societies, whatever. The Muslims even have their own, they have the hashashim. I don't know if that's where the word hashish came from for people who smoke a little bit. But that's this is where the word came from. It's ancient. They used to work with the Knights Templars back in uh, over a thousand years ago. So this, or excuse me, roughly a little less than a thousand years ago. But this was uh, these secret societies were always working together. And so it's not about the UK or US against Russia or China. They're all working together at the top level. That's sure. that's the key the key point. And I, I show the connections in the book on how, how, the, how this was all brought about 
through the mystery religions, whether it be through the triads in China, who are basically founded by the British uh, through Freemasonry. Um, then you have the British East India Company, which was uh, before the US dollar was uh, was supreme as the, as the world reserve currency. It would have been the British East India Company. Shares in the British East India Company would have been the equivalent of the world reserve currency prior to that. This is how powerful they were. They, they comprised basically the British Empire. And uh, I, I right. isn't that isn't that an essential but little known aspect of the British Empire is that it was just rife with masonry throughout. That was a core component of its global reach, right? I mean, absolutely, are you, are you absolutely. There was the uh, there, there was a quartet in uh, in Europe. Well, not not just Europe, into the United States as well. There was four major power players working in uh, the 1800s to bring about these revolutionary movements to bring in. The new governments to overthrow monarchies, um, uh, that would have been, one was called Giuseppe Mazzini. Uh, he was an Italian revolutionary and high-level Freemason. But he basically hid behind a front man and a front group. And the, the front man is well known to history. He was Karl Marx. But uh, he was the big brains behind in the background. So he was one. And the other was Lord Palmerston of the UK, he was a high level member of the British East India Company. And he was also the head of Scottish Rite Freemasonry in the British Empire. And then the other in the United States, it was General Albert Pike, uh, well known to a lot of researchers into this, into these uh, topics because of his book, uh, Morals and Dogma. Um, yeah, so he was, there, there was those three. And then the third one, was, or the last one was, uh, Oh, he was a Kaiser German. Oh, his name escapes me just at the moment. Um, von Bismarck? Yes, it was von Bismarck. Thank you. So it was those four who were working together, uh, coordinating between the nations uh, to set up wars and revolutions in the mid-1800s. They, they were the key guys. But uh, the British East India Company was also a major, major player in that as well. Um, because the British East India Company, I spoke a little bit about the Knights of Malta there briefly, but the Knights of Malta comprise the hierarchy of the British East India Company. Uh, the British East, again, there's a committee of 300. I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. John Coleman's work. Very much so. He always pops up. Okay. Yeah. So he, that, he wrote the book, The Committee of 300. Uh, and that basically, The Committee of 300 is the ruling body of the British East India Company. So I, I detailed a lot about these people and their role uh, in Asia, especially with the drugs. And even up to the modern day, I, I cover the drug trade, but uh, not so much the cocaine trade, but primarily the heroin drug trade. Uh, they're, they're still up to their neck in it, laundering the money through Hong Kong and HSBC. It's, it's quite blatant when you put it all together and you see their tentacles into the FBI and... Uh, CIA and all the other different agencies, the alphabet agencies, they're they're basically totally infiltrated and controlled. Well, that's no surprise because they, they set up these agencies. So this, this is this is how they keep things under wraps. Yeah, the K, KGB, I mean, the, I'm sorry, FBI here, I misspoke and said KGB, but the FBI here was set up as a social, uh, social control mm -hmm. administrative legal body in addition to stuff that already existed, but it was really just intent. They wanted. They was really anti-communist. That was what it was. But they've always put the locks on people. Yes, that's right. Yeah. 
But uh, it was, a, <clears throat> I believe it was, uh, it was another uh, Knight of Malta who founded the FBI. I'm just trying to look for the name here real fast if I can find it. Um, no, I don't have it here in front of me, but... Uh, so yeah. is it your view that Freemasonry is Luciferian? I mean, it's occultism, and it has a mystery schools are all replete through it. But are, do they? I mean, because you could talk about the Luciferian world order. Yes, is that part of the Freemasons part of the Luciferian world order? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I show it from ancient times, starting back from I suppose from the ancient priesthood in in the ancient Egypt. And they're, 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 uh, there was like a ruling class working along with the Pharaoh. And then it's moved into ancient Babylon. And I suppose you had Nimrod and his college there as well. And this, this is where the, 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 the Freemasonry starts from and moves forward from there. But I, it's, I suppose you can take it back a little step further, if you, if you wish, into Genesis 6 in the Bible, where it all came from, where the teachings came from. Um, there was an incursion in Genesis 6 in the Bible. I, think, I believe it's Genesis 6, 3. It says that the Nephilim were on the earth in those days. I don't know if you're familiar with that story, but it's very, very, very familiar. I've done a number of shows on that. Yeah. Okay. Well, your audience should be well familiar with that too, I'm sure. So basically, yeah, this is this was where this ancient knowledge came from. And this was where the, uh, the ancient, the, the path of the divergence, the left-hand path, I suppose, uh, which was Luciferian or sat satanic, whatever way you want to call it. They, this is where the doctrine came from and the religion came from. And it was always hidden under many different guises, even from that time as part of the ruling elite. And it was, it has always been here. And I, I trace the religion coming forward through the ages and especially into Freemasonry. It's uh, the Freemasons themselves, they, their own authors hang themselves out to dry. They deny it. They call it conspiracy theory. But then if you read their own books that are meant basically for their own members of the high degrees, but even Albert Pike writes in Morals and Dogma that he, he basically says that uh, that it's Freemasonry is the worship of Lucifer. The seething uh, power of Lucifer shall be at your hands. The seething powers of Lucifer is in his hands, yes. that's that's. Uh, I don't believe that's in Morals and Dogma, that quote, but that is a quote about murder human sacrifice to gain power over human beings and this is what you have to do to be in the high levels so this is that and child abuse pedophilia it is a major major component in the global control system and this is why there's there's practically no leaks within the elite themselves because they're, they're they've all they've all got the dirt on each other so if it's basically if one goes down, they all go down. So this is why there's no leaks. So it's uh, it's it's really disgusting, and we, we've all seen these revelations about Jeffrey Epstein and I suppose what's it, the uh, the British nobility are have been dragged Duke into of York, right? The, yeah. Prince uh, Prince, Prince Andrew, Andrew, right? Yeah, yeah, incredible. Like he was guilty as heck. He had pictures. The rumor is is that King Charles the Third was involved too, but. Oh, it wouldn't, much wouldn't more surprise, discreet. Wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. I don't know if you've seen the video of uh, it was in Buckingham Palaces, uh, Buckingham Palace some years ago. There was a, a video of some tourist was filming outside and they caught a young child naked. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, coming out the window from Buckingham Palace, trying to get I think he tied a few sheets of a bed together and basically he ended up falling from about two stories, but uh, he got out 
But uh, no, I don't know what. I never heard what happened to that child ever again after that. Have you ever seen the video of Jimmy Savile just blow, uh, blathering next to Buckingham Palace saying he has carte blanche ingress and egress? He can just go in whatever he wants. He never gets yeah. pissed. Well, there's a reason why Jimmy Savile was never touched. Uh, that's because he's also a Knight of Malta. He, uh, oh, Jimmy Savile, all of the Knights of Malta have diplomatic immunity. So they're basically above the, they're above the law. They can travel across any border, and without search, and uh, they basically they're even if they were caught with a huge amount of drugs or a dead baby in their bag or whatever it was, they would they would walk free because they all have diplomatic immunity. That's incredible. Yeah, Savile was just a total monster. Like oh, he's he was involved evil. in uh, copper. Uh, he's having sex with dead bodies and stuff like this. Yes, kind of even going into hospitals on so-called charity missions and raping people in the hospitals while he was there. Uh, the list goes on and on with Jimmy. Savile. And real heavy-duty black magic. And oh, he's yes. making. There's a picture of him making very cruel. I, I'll have. I'd have to stand up, but it's basically like a squared across your chest thing. But Crowley makes uh, in one of his kind of ceremonial magician. Mm -hmm. Savile's doing the same thing. He's basically telling you he's been initiated. Like, oh yeah, and he's in magical garb. I, I could probably pull that up. Let me see if yes. I well, there's uh, all of the all of the political and no nobility elites all practice black magic, and uh, they're always um, involved in uh, necromancy, uh, talking to spirits of the dead, uh, everything that was totally forbidden in the Bible in the Book of Deuteronomy. There, they basically make it their goal to, to live this art uh what is called an abomination before the lord it's uh th this is this is where they get their power from largely they they believe that they get satanic power from conducting these rituals and everything else oh that's an interesting picture you're showing me there yeah very good of jimmy savile yeah. yeah he's making this gesture a hand gesture right there the left he's got is always a cigar but his right coming across the chest like that in this weird magical cape or whatever. He's definitely yeah, you, you always see that when you see that hand across the chest, and for your listeners who can't see what we're talking about here, when I say the hand across the chest, I don't mean inside the jacket as in the hidden hand. I'm talking about just the hand across the chest when they're walking around. You see the cardinals and the high-level members of the Vatican doing this all the time. Tony Blair was another one. Uh, he basically couldn't walk anywhere without doing this hand sign. And if it was, it was a basically they, they show you who they are, but only those who have the knowledge can see it for what it is, you know. So it's uh, they they don't uh, actually another one Tony Blair he's another Knight of Malta, that's why he he'll never be prosecuted for any of his war crimes because he has diplomatic immunity. Just a massive murderer, like incredible, like yeah, they're in, and that's kind of the mystery school element of kind of like people who are profane like me. Just watching these guys get away with murder and just nothing ever happens because yeah. it's all part of the secret society agenda or something. It's just mm -hmm. like these are just huge crimes, chewed, swallowed, digested. Like you're just mystified. Like, what are these lawyers doing? Like, it's all because it's all under it's all sub rosa secret society connections or something. Yeah, there, there, there's no justice in the courts. There's uh, yeah. the courts are all crown controlled, uh, the crown being the city of London. Freemasonic headquarters, and then with their Bilderberg group. Bilderberg group is basically the World Council of Freemasonry. Uh, so this this is where they all meet up. But they they run the money through London for all their ill-gotten gains, and then they keep their profits in Switzerland. That's the game they play. 
and uh, it's 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 a fascinating story, but it's it's one that so few can get their head around. Uh, it's it's uh, that's that's a very I, I don't I suppose disheartening to a point, but uh, I guess not everybody's ordained to be woke up. That's just there's a I'd say about well, 80, it's, for eighty percent, I think it's impossible. Just like you said, it's hidden. And they have certain way, means of communicating through gestures or hand signs or different groups that are secret. So you never see them. You're not at their parties. So it's just kind of like mm -hmm. people get the, the, an impression of reality that is false. That uh, yeah, yeah. is really it. So you kind of just have to like, it's like awakening generation. That's why the theme of awakening is so important in our age is because people are waking up to all this stuff. They didn't know because you don't you certainly don't get get it taught in a public school like I did. There's Crowley making that same hand gesture. You see that? No, the, the public school, <laughs> the public schools are, are, are there. The education there has been totally designed to dumb as darn. Yeah, no, there's, there's no ifs or buts about that. Um, I think I was immune to that in some respects because uh, I'm not going to lie and say I was a good student. I was, uh, I was terrible when I was in school. If I wasn't interested in something, I was, uh, I wasn't paying attention. But then after I left school and became interested in really figuring out the truth for myself, totally obsessed, wanted to learn everything that I could, wanted to learn everything. But uh, when I was there in school, I had zero interest in history. And then I read, I, I, I read a history book then in later years when I'm out of school. But I think the, the key point is that uh, if we're being taught the truth, real truth, historical truth is fascinating. It's really, really interesting. But the stuff that they teach in schools is just names, date, place. And if you can memorize that, you'll get an A. But it, it, there's, not, there's nothing real or there's no historical context there to, to, to understand what is happening throughout history. So true. So true. Did you ever come across anything in the Ninth Circle? That, I think that's what Savile was involved in. That... Yes, that was the, the Ninth Circle. I believe that, that went into the Vatican as well. That was a okay. pedophile sacrificial... Ring of uh, high-level cardinals, knights of Malta's. Uh, yeah, no, that, that that was the really deep black magic uh, murder ring. They were preying on children. Um, there was a documentary made about that. Um, I don't really mention the Ninth Circle in my book. Um, I can't. Uh, yeah, pie and mash films. So right, it was like sand and sea or something. I know who that guy is. I've watched it. It was about some place in south of uh, south of the UK, right? Jersey, the island is Jersey. He made the documentary. The Pie and Mash Films is the name was the name of the company that they set up to do it. I can't remember the actual name of the. I thought uh, it was like Sand and Sea or something like that, but they had really dark Catholic child trafficking, child rape rings here in the states. I mean, I mean, it's oh like yeah, Boys Town. They had some really dark stuff in Wisconsin involving the Catholic Church. Oh, it's it's global. Yeah, I mean. There's reasons why they become Catholic, Catholic priests. I mean, it's like that yeah, I, I, I have uh, I had a, like if anybody thinks that I was uh, especially for an Irishman being anti-Catholic, uh, I was brought up Catholic in my youth, but I, I totally turned away from it because I I seen it for what it was and uh, probably too close because I had a I had an uncle who was a Catholic priest and he was the spokesman on the media for the Missionary of the Sacred Heart, a Catholic missionary group in Ireland. Uh, they're, they're basically global, but they're branch in Ireland. He was their spokesman for when the 
paedophile scandals all broke about the abuse of children in Ireland. And as we now know, that scandal was global. We only knew about Ireland at that time, but it was happening all over the world. Wow. What, so, what time frame was that, 80s? That would have been late 80s. Late 80s. Yeah, late 80s, early 90s. I can't remember exactly, but uh, I do remember my uncle sitting in our family home. Or basically, it was back in the days when you had the cable on the telephone. Oh, somebody put up their son seeing Satan. Yes, that's the name of the documentary we're talking about. Yeah, so basically... Right, uh, but that, that was a global thing. It's funny. To, it's not funny. It's kind of odd to think now that we know so much about the Catholic abuses, but they were kept under wraps. Like here, they had the Spotlight movie. But you, people were kept from seeing, I mean, much like maybe your book, they're kept from seeing the big picture, that yeah. these guys are being moved around, and the people at the top going all the way back up to the bar, future Pope, right? The guy the guy before uh, Rat, Ratzinger or whatever. Yes, I, 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 I believe that. managing all these pedos and moving all around the world. I believe that that's one of the reasons why Ratzinger had to step down. Uh as early as, as Pope, because of uh, the heat was coming on too strong. We never saw it in the media, but there was a lot going on in the background, and the heat was coming on him about uh, pedophile networks and his own involvement. And uh, so this is why he basically went into hiding in the Vatican and retired and stepped down. Gotcha. Guys, I had John Wedger on, great eminence. I had John Wedger on once. I've talked to him once. So you just have to go through the archives. Somebody said, oh, was it? This is a guy who was speaking about specifically this subject. Yes, I think he said Williams had him on covering up child abuse for the, for, you know, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't. Sometimes it's hard to like keep track of all these stories too. So as if he'll impute like this guy's a shill or he's a cover-up artist, maybe they just don't know as much, you know. So I mean, if, if they're out there exposing something, they, they're trying. I mean, is it a limited it's, hangout? Is another question. It's it's a it's a tough one for uh, a lot of people are. Willing to throw someone on the under the bus as uh, a oh he doesn't believe in flat earth throw all of his information in the bin mm-hmm. and like this, this is just foolishness isn't it you know you, you can't do that yeah, there's a lot, but there's you have to get a minimum a bare minimum of ninety ninety five percent truth for for a tr- for someone who's putting themselves out there and that's bare minimum and then uh, how do they react when confronted with new information that challenges the five percent that were wrong. That's basically the key to figuring out who's telling the truth and who's not. But uh, that, I suppose that's for that's for another. I mean, maybe that's another show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting distracted with the wedger. So no question, Freemasonry and Luciferianism are associated, and it's global. What's your take on kind of like you talk about sub? Uh, you talk about MK Ultra and some of these paperclip stuff. That's an interesting subject matter to get into why do you think it's important well the MK, well, i think we've seen i think we saw the rollout of the devastation that mk ultra can play on a lower level on society with what happened with the covid lockdowns are the i don't i don't i don't i don't like to use the covid virus because i'm i'm not i'm not all in on that on that argument but uh, during the lockdowns we've seen how society was manipulated through fear fear and constant repetition this was i believe this was mk ultra rolled out on a global scale but on a low level but um we know from from those who've been i don't know if you've ever you've read of kathy o'brien's work uh transformation of america very familiar yeah yeah i cover i cover her 
I quote from her book extensively as well. Uh, but uh, basically, the, we know that they want to take it to a, a deeper and deeper and deeper level all the time. And uh, this is to eventually eventually have almost like robotic control over society. But the, this is I cover I cover that in a in my other book more so than the Hidden Hand. Than the Hidden well, Hand so what's the What's the name of your other book? It's uh, I think it's on here, right? Yes, yeah, so that's truth. it. Uh, it's called. The Did Third you write truth. this after you wrote uh, the other one? When was this I, published? Well, the Hidden Hand of History was a ten-year project between researching and writing and everything else, and then I stopped very close to the publication of the Hidden Hand of History. I stopped and wrote this one, The Third Truth, The Global Lockdown Agenda and the Coming Great Reset, because I knew this was the rollout of what I had been warning about for years and years and years. I was like, this is the, this is the key event right now to transform society. So that I knew I had to put that other book to the side, The Hidden Hand of History, and get this one out. But I got it out very, very fast because I had been deep down the rabbit hole and putting all these pieces together. Basically, I have the, I have the guts of another full book, unpublished, that I have have ready, but uh, I think it's probably a little bit late to publish that now. Uh, probably Agenda Twenty One, geoengineering, um, I suppose control of the food supply and switching the food supply from meat to insects and all of this. I was I was I was aware of this stuff a long time ago, but uh, I think enough people. I wouldn't publish that now because there's too many people know it, so there, there's no point. But uh, I with doing by doing that research, I got into. I had so much information on vaccines, uh, mind control, uh, 5G, uh, what the global depopulation, and I. So basically, yeah, I could put I could put that second book together. It took me six months. Uh, it's about a hundred pages, but it's in when I say a hundred pages, that's a four hundred pages. So that's a much much. It reads much bigger than what than it sounds for a hundred pages. Uh, so yeah, that's that's why I got that all together. Gotcha. So you have two books and they can be found at your website, correct? Yeah, thirdtruth.com. Third Truth. And that's the only place. You don't have them on Kindle or Amazon or anything. No. I once I once I've sold all the uh the hard copies, then I'll put the uh I'll put Kindle versions out then. That's my gotcha. plan. <laughs> when were the what were the publication dates of your two books? Uh The Third Truth, the Global Lockdown Agenda and Coming Great Reset. That was 2020. That uh, was September 2020. And then the hidden hand of history was the year after I got that in, I believe it was, I can't remember, I think it was August 2020, 2021. Sorry, bear with me. I'll, I'll have it right in front of me here. So yeah, September, 2021. Sorry, my bad. September, 2021. No problem. And so you, I mean, you go into other topics as well. You talk about Europe, what they're up to in Europe. Uh, yes. Corporate- I Basically, I, I, when I get into the history of Europe, uh, basically, I get into Pan-Europa. That was the, anybody, I suppose, if they studied um, international relations in third level, uh, kind of, I suppose it would be a postgraduate of some sort, uh, master's or whatever. Uh, they, they start to learn about the European Union from about the early 1940s uh, or post-World War II, the, the European Steel and Coal Community, which was France and Germany and the Netherlands or Belgium coming together to try and bring about just a union for trade and everything else. Uh, But I argue, or it's not that I argue, I prove that the 
the European project started much earlier. It was back in the early 1930s, or sorry, excuse me, 1920s, through an organization called Pan Europa, where they were writing about the total takeover of Europe. Um, they veiled their language somewhat, but the total takeover of Europe was going to be a socialist utopia in their eyes, where the people would be governed by the arist aristocratic nobility. And so basically I go through their, their documentation and the key players involved, um, one of which was uh, Kurt, or Count Kudenhoff, Kurt, or Count uh, Kalergi. It was a uh, Kudenhoff Kalergi plan, Kalergi plan. Kalergi plan, yes. So basically the, what we see happening now with the open borders, he wrote about this in another book, which I talk about in The Hidden Hand of History. It was called Practical Idealism or Praktischer Idealismus. In, it was written in German. And he wrote in that book about how the, how the, the white race was to disappear. And basically the, the whole world would come to resemble uh, the ancient Egyptians. So this, is, this was their agenda. It's a eugenics agenda. They've always been eugenicists. But anybody, right. anybody who calls them out or points out to what they're doing, oh, they just called you a racist to try and shut down the conversation. You know, but well, uh, Kalergi was like half Japanese too, so that's looking right. like Egyptians would be just fine. He probably he kind of looked like an Egyptian or something like. His mother was Japanese, have... and his uh, his ancestry went back into the Byzantine Empire. So, and then the other guy along with him was Otto von Habsburg, a knight of Malta, and he was from the Otto from the Otto Hungary Austro-Hungarian Empire. And that was basically Vatican controlled. And so they, when you see these two guys coming together, the, the, the high level Freemason and the Knight of Malta, uh, it's basically the Jesuits and the, and the Knights of Malta, the Vatican hierarchy that are behind this plan. That's, you, you can take that to the bank. This is, this is Do how you they, think the Vatican is, is behind a lot of this uh, migration warfare? Do you think absolutely. they're, they're okay. Absolutely. I do. Because yes. a lot of it's here, a lot of it are Catholic charities. Are facilitating yeah. the invasion of the U.S. and I see them pop up in Ireland as well. Like it was getting it was money the, from the state. The, the Immigrant Council of Ireland, which was the first uh, immigrant, uh, I suppose, welfare um, agency or, or uh, charity that was set up in Ireland, was set up by the uh, the Sisters of Mercy, Catholic nuns. So you you see that consistently across the world, and they were the ones viciously attacking people in Ireland for calling out the uh, bringing in dangerous radical Muslims, they were just destroyed by the media and threatened by, by these organizations for, for daring to speak out about it. Yeah, intimidated. And there have been stabbings. There's been foreigners who've killed people in a formerly safe, safer country, usually pretty safe Ireland. The U.S. is not safe. But Ireland, they had that woman who was walking down some river and some guy cut her slashed her through yes that was a, that was a couple of but three years ago two or three years ago it was and a, then there just was recently a stabbing by a by a migrant who like stabbed Al people. i believe it was an algerian migrant he stabbed three children and a school teacher outside the school grounds and this this is what led to the riots that was all over the media just a couple of months ago and uh, it just uh, dublin was on fire the, and I the, think after that, I think Varadkar actually, actually came out and said, yeah, we might be full. We like might you, be what? The story, we might, Ireland might be full. I think he kind of changed his tune, whereas like he, they could just take as many people as they wanted. Now that He did, but he's, 
as usual, he's speaking out of both sides of his mouth. Uh, they're 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 continuing. They're trying to change the constitution right now, trying to change the definition of family to include wider family definitions. It's to allow all the immigrants who have come in to take up to twenty more members of their family with them. Wow, there's that, and there also there's the LGBT trans agenda in there as well to remove the definition of womanhood as well, because apparently the definition they have is offensive, but. Uh, the trans label is, is not offensive to the majority. Or Ireland, were, you guys were one of the last holdouts from this woke weirdo freak power. You know, you still were a no abortion, um, family unit, things like that. And mm -hmm. now it's just like the freak power has come on. I, I, said, I, freak power. Yeah. I said it to my sister in the early 2010s. Uh, we had a, an, a referendum. It was for gay marriage and abortion. They were almost back to back. And uh, I said to her, once these two pass, you're going to see the country go downhill rapidly, rapidly. Because I knew in the spiritual realm, let's not, not worry about, oh, that's offensive to me or him. In the spiritual realm, there is, it's like, it's like opening a spiritual, it's like a spiritual key has been opened. A door has been opened and you cannot close it again unless you totally reverse what was done before. But I knew that that was never going to happen. So I knew that, and I, knew, I said it at the time, that this is going to lead to the destruction of this country. And it has just been so rapid since then. The cultural destruct destruction precedes the physical destruction. So yes. in the U.S., that back in the 80s, they were complaining about having gay men on sitcoms. And they're like, this is just nothing. You guys are whining about nothing. It'll never lead to anything. And here we are in 2024, and there are trannies singing WAP in public libraries in front of five-year-old kids yeah like it's just like that's how far it's gone in 50 years yeah. it's not no, I, funny. It's I, I so got, sick i got just i got viciously attacked by uh multiple members of the lgbt community in ireland especially in dublin who said they couldn't believe how how fascist my belief systems were I, like i'd known these people for years but they once they found out i was voting no for the referendum uh oh viciously attacked and uh, i tried to explain my reasons why but they couldn't get it and i specifically said christianity is going to be eventually going to become illegal because of this move and, no I, said, doubt. No and doubt. I said there's no way i'm going to stand against that there's no way i'm going to i'm going to vote for anything that's going to make christianity illegal never and they all told me this is out oh, your this is massive stretch but it it was it was hard to prove but for me at the time, I just I just knew it. It's like it's in, in, in my inter, inner being, I just knew it. Whether I could prove it or not at the time was another matter. But uh, I, I just knew that this was going to happen. But uh, no, it's gone rapidly. Yeah, rapidly it's an rapidly attack. Down. It's a cultural attack. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of, I mean, ultimately, it's the Luciferianism. They'll break everything down and just yes, everything. This is, when, when you think about it from a long-term strategy point of view, is why why is this all coming in? Why do they want to make Christianity illegal? It's because Christianity is the antithesis to communism. There's no ifs or buts about that. When you when you remove Christianity, society falls into into communism fast. This is there's just there's just no two ways about it. Agreed. Agreed. People That's can, why communists hate Christianity so much. Exactly. It's their, they just their enemy. It. it is their number one target. It is by far and away their number one target. They're not worried about your guns. In the United States, because they know that without the moral fortitude and, and, and courage that you will get from having a, a Christian faith, 
you won't have the guts to stand up when you need to. They know that. And I think this is, I, I, I don't think there will be a standing up, honestly, to be, to be quite honest with you. Um, specifically almost for that reason. Specifically almost for that reason. Yeah. Because when you, when you remove the fear of God from the mind of man, they, they fear losing their life more than they do fear God. And that, this has always been the, the, the key balance in, in free societies, which has stopped tyrannical governments from going too far. And I think we've lost that now. And as again, it's, it's a cultural thing, you know, and when the culture goes too far, just the people have to suffer before it can ever go back again. Dude, you'd be shocked at how fast the culture changed in the United States. I grew up watching like wholesome TV. I'm 55, and it's just totally different now. Now they're starting to put people in positions of power without merit. Hello, they're just calling it diversity there? inclusion. Yeah, diversity, equity, inclusion. They're going to start flying planes based upon race. Like that's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, sorry, I, 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 lost you I, I lost you at the start of that story. You just cut out, so I, I didn't. Oh, it's it. okay. I was just saying it's going, it's gone crazy here in the U.S. too. So it's not yeah. just Ireland. No, Sean, I, we are at the forty-eight minute mark. Why don't you do a little overview on your books and where people can find them? Okay, sure. Uh, well, I have two books. Uh, the first one that was published was The Third Truth, The Global Lockdown Agenda and The Coming Great Reset, where I detail all of the, I detail all of the agenda to bring about a vaccinated society and what that would mean, how the, how the global lockdowns were planned well in advance, and what would happen to the population through sickness and everything else because of the vaccine, and also the microchip implants that were going to be in the vaccines and how you would be tracked and traced forevermore for the rest of your life, how AI would have access to you through what is essentially an operating system that has been injected into your body, not, not a vaccine, and just the ramifications of that from a spiritual level. And I show through uh, the patents from Microsoft, uh, of course, Bill Gates involved up to his neck in this, where you can find the the tracking uh, the chip software with six six six, so you all and you always find this connection the number six 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 back to the Luciferian elite. They always leave their number when it's connected to the ultimate agenda of of, of taking your soul because that, that's what they're working towards. That's what they that's why they're allowed to be rich and powerful because after that they are the reapers of the souls. So anyway, that's basically book one: the global lockdown agenda and the common great reset. And then the next book after that, then, is The Hidden Hand of History, The Enemy Within, uh, where I, I basically start from ancient Babylon and ancient Egypt, showing the ancient priesthood of mystery school religion priests who worshipped the sun. And, but, well, they, they told the people they worshipped the sun, but their true doctrine was the sun was a euphemism for Lucifer, the fallen angel. But they taught the people to, to worship the sun when they themselves worshiped Lucifer. And it was basically to put the people into bondage through spiritual uh, ignorance. And basically I show how this system went through society into the, through the revolutionary movements. It was the revolution, or excuse me, it is the religion of the revolutionary movements, even right up to this day. Uh, you can see it across the world with the different flags and symbols. Uh, they all have the sun, sunburst as the symbol of their, revolutionary movements. Uh, yeah, I talk about all the different secret societies, how they're headquartered in Switzerland, how they inter overlap with the aristocracy, the Vatican, uh, the British 
East India Company, the old British Empire. And so, yeah, it just goes on from there. Uh, and, and then I basically I write about in detail on the network of global corporate control through taxation, uh, uh, banking system, how the whole system is set up to fleece you. And from there, I go into the Luciferian agenda and I show there's probably over a, about 120 photographs in my book uh, showing all of these Freemasons, showing all of the ancient Egyptian mystery religion, Babylonian religion, symbology on buildings from the elite and in key architecture all around the world. And yeah, I just talk about then lastly, the probably the two of the mo- most, uh, the two, two of the key weapons that were used against us. Uh, probably from going, especially the United States, it would have been Operation Paperclip to bring the Nazis into the United States. But again, that was the Vatican and Switzerland supplying these guys with all the necessary documentation to come across. And then the CIA giving them new identities and whatnot. And then lastly, it would, the pedophile agenda. I show how that all connects through the elite uh, to a control structure where they're all bound and blackmailed by each other basically and there this is why there's no leaks and then supposed to wrap it up then i have a big power structure chart on the back page of the book then so you can see how it all lays all how it all works out down through the from the priesthood into the aristocracy down into all the different foundations corporations banking systems into the freemasonic structure then and then just basically to all the professions then from there that just get perverted through their infiltration so that's basically a synopsis okay. in the book. The only place to get your books is on your website. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So it's the third truth. That's the number three. That's three RD. The third truth.com. And right. that's you'll ship book. anywhere in the in the world, right? Basically. Yeah, just basically on a hand, unless you're on a remote island somewhere. Yeah, you'll get your book. And is the best place to reach out to you if people have questions or anything, your website? Yeah, you can contact me through the website, and uh, yeah, I'll be happy to get back to anybody. Gotcha. Cool. And again, the author's name is Sean Hanlon, and we kind of covered uh, topics in his first book that we mentioned. It was The Hidden Hand of History, The Enemy Within, Exposing the Worldwide Ancient Mystery Schools Establishment and Their March to World Government. So thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. All right. Stay there. Stay there.